This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hi, Art Curious listeners. As you probably know already, we are coming back with a full season of new episodes in mid-October. So we are sharing some callback episodes for you as well as some bonus content. And today's episode is one of those little bonuses. And it is different than what we've previously brought to you for these bonus episodes, because I've been having a great time recently speaking to people who are in the art world, but who aren't curators, art historians, or artists themselves. I'm thinking specifically of my previous conversation with Jessica from My Modern Met's Top Artist Podcast, where we got to nerd out about impactful artists in history and hear a little bit about Jessica's process as a fellow podcaster and an arts journalist. Today goes even bigger into the art world with something that you may never have thought about before, art shipping and handling. Today's episode features a conversation between me and James Quirk, who works for Queens, a fine art logistics company based in Fitzrovia in London. Hi, Jennifer. Thanks very much for having me. It's great to be here. Queens began nearly five years ago as a company founded by a private art dealer who noticed a gap in the art market, a need for customer-focused art handling and care, putting the customer and the art both in safe, thoughtful hands with a team of experts who help you with your art movement needs, regardless of if you have one big painting to hang, a whole gallery to set up, or if a museum needs to arrange shipping from one end of a continent to the other. So I sat down and asked James about Queens's clientele and learned that they are a very international bunch. So the kind of clients that Queens usually work with, it's quite varied to be honest. Being a London fine arts, shipping and logistics company, we, we do obviously work with galleries um, on the regular basis. So predominantly these would be the kind of galleries that tend to have uh, a few different outposts um, across the globe in, in major art hubs across like Hong Kong, New York, for example, but also here in London as well. And then the, um, the other client that we also serve is, is our private clients. So for our private clients, they would predominantly be high net worth individuals or art collectors, um, art dealers, for example, or advisors as well. Most of our clients tend to be London-based. Having said that, we do have clients that locate internationally as well. They are either moving about or, or given we have the global operation that we have here at Queen's, we do have clients based globally, but I'd say a good 70% of those are based in London. When I was first beginning my work at an art museum, art shipping seemed easy, perhaps? I understood that there would be a lot of paperwork and tracking of an object as it gets from one place to another, but for me, at the very start, it just felt like one big postal or mailing operation. But it is so much more than that, and a hugely important job. And there are a few surprises along the way. Just wait until James gets to the part about Damien Hurst. So art shipping is one of those behind-the-scenes elements that most of us don't get to experience. So could you tell me what a typical day looks like for an art shipper? Yeah, of course. I think it definitely has a certain intrigue um, around it. Every time I tell someone I work in art shipping, they're always like, wow, it's amazing. Tell us more about it. So I, I definitely can, I think. 
it's very it's very straightforward in in some senses that we are there as a service for the client to ship works internationally or install them within the home i think what is interesting about it is all the different kind of regulations that are in place, finding out can you ship an artwork from A to B and what licenses are required. An example I would use is for um, a Damien Hurst we were recently transporting for a client. He often uses butterflies in his work, as I'm sure many of your listeners will know. And as part of that, one of our shipping managers was having to identify every element of the butterfly and which butterfly species or, or type that butterfly was labeling that and getting correct documentation for every single butterfly in that work in order for it to be shipped to the United States. So I think that's pretty fascinating and learning all about that. Um, And that happens on a very regular basis. And people don't often understand you can't just necessarily stick a piece of artwork on a plane and hope for the best because that definitely is not the case. So that's definitely interesting. And I think also having the opportunity to see a huge amount of works that you probably wouldn't ever get to see in any other circumstance. You go to a museum and you're wowed often by the amount of artwork that you see there or the collections there. And then you you don't realise sometimes the extent of the collections that some clients have. We don't always get to see the artworks because some are in crates or they're they're going to and from storage and you, you get very minimal contact with them. But when you do or when our technicians are installing pieces within clients' homes, actually having the chance to see a work like that up close and personal that the public aren't necessarily going to get a chance to see is is quite amazing. We all know that art is a rarefied world, sometimes an elitist one, and that much of the great artworks out there are held by the relatively few, the ones who can afford to purchase it. So while not all of us will get to stand in the same room as a great privately held painting by Picasso or one of those butterfly-laden Damien Hirsts, some people Normal people like me, and probably you do. Some art shippers, installers, and handlers who get to engage with the art in such an intimate way, holding it, touching it, with gloves please, but are lovingly managing it for a brief time. I can't even access a work of art like that as a curator. It is a job that has a unique set of privileges, and it's a job that seems like it'll always keep you on your toes. As James told me, it's never boring. In terms of what an average day looks like for an art logistics company, it's very fast paced. It changes on a regular basis. So you think you have a plan in place for the day in terms of which works are being shipped where and how they're getting from A to B and what's being installed in in which home or which gallery, for example. That often changes throughout the day. So you think you've got it planned and you definitely haven't. The clients often have varying needs or they'll ring up saying, actually, can you change the day? So logistically that does change very regularly but i would say we spend a large amount of our time making sure that we're in contact with the client often they like to be handheld because they're shipping something that is often of extreme sentimental and financial value so it's important to make sure they are reassured at every step of the process the day-to-day basis does change but i think it's quite a fascinating one watching how the day unfolds I'm frequently asked by listeners and people I meet in my everyday life what kinds of jobs are available to those with an art history background or even someone who just loves the arts and wants to work in this kind of sphere. It's not all PhDs and research papers and journal articles. Sometimes there's a real career that involves you physically managing the artwork, interacting with people across the world, and taking care of the work in ways that even people like me cannot do. And that is cool. Not that it isn't without its issues and problems, though, as I discussed with James. 
what are the main challenges that the fine art shipping industry is facing right now? Gosh, so I think this is quite an open-ended question, but I'd say if I had to pick one main challenge, it would definitely be the environment or, or, or climate change because it's an ever kind of increasing topics within everyone's mind. And it's only going to be a, a topic that I think is going to grow over the next few years. As a shipper or as a logistics company that, that we are, historically, we as an industry haven't been the most environmentally conscious. And I think everyone listening to this podcast would definitely agree. By nature of what we do, where we ship things internationally or move things, there is going to be an element of a negative impact on the environment that is generated um, by doing so or by operating. And historically, you know, that hasn't been at the forefront of our priorities in the industry. It's always been something that we've wanted to focus on is how we can change that and how we can tackle that. So I would say climate change is definitely one of them, but also the materials and it links very much to climate change. But a lot of the materials that have historically been used have been thrown away, haven't been recycled, haven't been recyclable, for example. And I think the perception on that is changing. And rightly, I would give an example of when clients in the past have had works that have been wrapped, um, unwrapped just to be viewed, for example, and then wrapped back up in different materials, which is incredibly wasteful and definitely not something we would encourage. And I think at the moment, we're especially at Queen's, but I, I get the impression that it's also at an industry-wide level, and particularly our clients are also interested in it now, is looking at how we can limit the environmental impact of movements to either make sure that our carbon footprint is as minimal as possible, which is definitely our ambition, but also looking at how we can take positive action towards the environment. We've recently launched our carbon reduction plan, very much aimed at tackling the carbon emissions that we produce and working on ways that we can be more sustainable, whether that's looking at the materials we use and evaluating whether we even need to use them at all or whether we can switch to alternatives but also looking at how we can create positive difference. So that's around educating our clients and educating those also within the industry. So we have recently partnered with an organization called Client Earth and all of our shipments, we internally calculate the carbon emissions using a calculator provided by a really great organization called the Gallery Climate Coalition. And in doing so, we calculate the emissions that are generated from every single shipment we produce. And we then work out a carbon emissions factor based on a paper that was produced by the London School of Economics here in the UK. The positive action from offsetting is is great, but it takes a long time to take effect. So we're partnering with something like Client Earth, where our aim is to help fund systematic change or policy change within countries to you know, hold companies accountable like ourselves to be as environmentally and socially responsible as possible. I love hearing about environmental change and the options to mm -hmm. to work against climate change. I think that's really important. So I really love that that's something that is at the forefront of what you're doing. I, th I think it's also been something that we've been trying to do as a business is just change our approaches to being a force for good rather than just being a, a business that's solely there to, to make money. It's definitely not how we want to operate. And I hope that others in the industry are also taking that stance as well. This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. 
Art shippers like Queens are working hard to change up the game from an environmental standpoint and a person-to-person standpoint, too. And that direct engagement with individuals, whether they be private collectors or gallery managers, means that there's some interesting conversations that may arise, as well as some rather challenging opportunities. So you talked a little bit about that amazing Damien Hurst. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Could you tell me what would be the most bizarre work that you have ever moved? Gosh, I think the most bizarre work most recently actually would have to be a mammoth skeleton. And I never thought that I would work in a job where we had our technicians going out to install a mammoth skeleton within someone's home, but there we go. Um, (laughs) It was pretty amazing. And you can only imagine the amount of pre-work that has to go into something like that. So making sure that you've got all the measurements in place, you know exactly which element of which goes um, with which. And thinking about how you can transport that mammoth skeleton that is millions of years old and getting that into the client's home safely and securely. Pretty amazing. So I'd say a a mammoth skeleton or I'm also thinking of a triceratops skull, which we also delivered to a client not so long ago. It bears away a little bit from fine art as clients tend to see it as paintings as such, but it's not always the case. It can be antiques and antiquities. And I think that would have to be the most bizarre just because I never thought that someone would have a mammoth skeleton in their sitting room, but there you go. I know. We never stop getting surprised in this world. So tell me, this is a little bit similar, but tell me a story of the most challenging or the most difficult job that you have managed. Maybe it is the mammoth skeleton or maybe it's something different. Of the most complicated job that we uh, did recently, it's it's not always uh, necessarily the most interesting, but it can be complicated logistically. And the the project that immediately springs to mind for me is one where our team of technicians recently installed, it was a rather large painting um, and pretty heavy, if I'm not mistaken. So a uh, 500 kilogram painting, I think, by a rather prominent contemporary artist that unfortunately I can't name for confidentiality reasons. And this painting had to be installed on a marble wall on I think it was the 30th floor of a skyscraper in London. And in order to get the painting up to the 30th floor, which, as you can imagine, isn't quite as straightforward as installing a painting on the ground floor, meant that we had to create a custom T-frame to get the work into the lift at a very specific angle and then up to the residence for the client up there and then out of the lift in in the T-frame and installed upon the marble wall, which as you can imagine, is not quite as straightforward as simply just drilling um, into the wall as you would do with kind of a a plaster wall, for example. So there was lots of pre-work that had to go into that to make sure you had all the right fittings. And equally that, you know, everything was precisely measured beforehand because once you're drilling into that wall and and securing those fittings into a piece of marble, there's no going back. So you've got to make sure that you get that right the first time for the client, which luckily we did. Very rewarding. Awesome. Coming up, it's not just changing schedules, gigantic paintings, and environmental crises that keeps James on his toes at Queens. But it's also Brexit. And how has COVID-19 affected the logistics of the art world? Stay with us for this special bonus episode. Thank you to Storyblocks for sponsoring today's episode. Have you ever had to make a professional video? Making a compelling video story can be expensive and time-consuming. But Storyblocks is now here to make it easier on you, the creator, than ever before, allowing you to keep up with growing demands for video content without sacrificing your vision due to time, budget, or resources. 
Storyblocks is the first unlimited download subscription-based provider of stock, video, and audio, with over 100,000 customers in the television and video production industry, from NBC to MTV to hobbyists looking to enhance their video projects and productions. All their assets, from video clips, music, stock images, sound effects, and more, are royalty-free, so you can use your downloaded content anywhere for both commercial and personal use. Plus, their library is being constantly updated to give you the best options to bring your story to life. I recommend trying out their unlimited all-access plan that gives you unlimited downloads of more than 1 million assets in their library, so you can try out multiple options quickly and find the perfect fit so you can create more and spend less without sacrificing quality, which is something that's important to me as I expand the reach of Art Curious and what I, as a creator, can do. So I want you to try them out now. To learn more, please visit storyblocks.com slash artcurious. Join today at storyblocks.com slash artcurious. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Art Curious. Thus far in our episode with James Quirk from Queen's Fine Art in London, we've gone over mammoth skeletons, triceratops heads, Damien Hirsts, and so much more. Queen's has been managing domestic and international art shipments and installations for the last five years. But to say that the last couple of years have been a bit trickier is for sure an understatement. How has the process of shipping fine art changed since Brexit? Gosh, Brexit. Everyone <laughs> seems to be talking about Brexit now. And I know it's been a topic for many of our clients over the last six months and even in the run up to, to Brexit. In short, the process of shipping works for a client hasn't looked hugely different other than the fact it's taken slightly longer. The reason for that is because someone like ourselves as the actual shipper has taken the burden of work that would needed to be completed in order to move works. The process has changed in such that a number of new documents are or, or tend to be required when shipping works to and from Europe at the moment. And, and that hasn't been the case previously when shipping works, say, between London and Paris, where very minimal documentation was required. Whereas now you need various documents, licenses and permits, depending on also the age of the work as well. So that's changed. And I guess as well, unfortunately, the client has seen a, a slight increase in cost when shipping works post-Brexit because there are now more processes in place, but nothing too drastic. And I think our role as, as a shipper, like I say, is to minimize that impact for clients. So it has changed, but I think we're, get, we're slowly getting used to it now. And we were well prepared in the run up to the end of the transition period. So it's changed, but I think it's, it's very manageable. We haven't actually talked about this much, but I'm wondering how, if anything, has changed because of COVID-19. So um, I think some things have changed in terms of COVID-19. Initially, when the pandemic hit, 
We saw a number of clients who were, and rightly so, very nervous. So people were putting the health and safety of their families first. And we made sure that obviously, especially here in the UK, the very strict government guidelines around keeping social distancing in place, wearing masks, sanitizing where possible and, and as frequently as possible. So it's it hasn't changed how we've operated other than we're making sure that we're following all the government guidelines that are in place at the time. And we did see a reduction momentarily in, in the amount of art movements or installations that were happening. As time went on and as restrictions lifted and as our technicians were allowed again within people's homes, we did see things start to open back up. In terms of how it's impacted art shipping in general, I would say that it's it has impacted elements such as air freight costs. Whereas before the COVID-19 pandemic, you could, as a shipping company, secure costs or bookings relatively far in advance and know how much they were going to cost. Whereas now, the air freight costs change extremely frequently. So that's something where we haven't been able to plan as far ahead for clients. Or indeed, if we are planning far ahead, there is an element of understanding with the client that the cost may change as we get closer to shipping the artworks or flying them across on a plane, for example. Coming up next, more about the world of art handling and shipping, including some surprising parts of the job, right after this quick break from our sponsors. I just recently finished a build onto our house, so I have this amazing new screen porch. And now I am looking for that one special something that will pull it all together and make it a place that I super love to spend time in. And that's why I'm looking at Woodstock Chimes. Woodstock Chimes adds an artful touch to your garden or your patio, and they're also lovely accents for indoor rooms as well. You hang them near an open window in the summer, and you'll hear this beautiful music when the breezes blow. This company offers chimes that are tuned to various melodies and musical scales, and each one is different and delightful. They have beautiful decorative chimes, wind bells, gongs, fountains, and sun catchers to help you create these beautiful tranquil spaces in your home, and a line of personalized chimes that are laser engraved with your own messages prior to shipping. All of them make amazing gifts. You can listen to sound samples on their website, and you'll even find wonderfully large, deep tone chimes that make a huge statement for your gazebo or your entryway. And I would love for you to try one for yourself. Listeners to this podcast can get 15% off now by going to chimes.com and using the promo code ARTCURIOUS. That's chimes.com, promo code ARTCURIOUS. Woodstock Chimes, the world's favorite wind chime. This episode of Art Curious is brought to you by BetterHelp. There have truly been times in my life where I've needed some assistance to figure out what I wanted from life and how to find the happiness I deserved. And that's why I turned to BetterHelp. And BetterHelp is here to help you too. With BetterHelp, a professional can assess your needs and match you with a licensed professional therapist with whom you can begin communicating in less than 48 hours. And it is so convenient because you can connect from wherever you are in a safe and private online environment, and you can message, call, or video chat with your therapist, all instead of commuting somewhere and sitting uncomfortably in a waiting room. And BetterHelp also makes it easy to find the right therapist for you. Whether you're looking for help with depression, anxiety, trauma, grief, LGBT matters, self-esteem, or anything, and you don't have to limit yourself to someone who works near your home. Believe me, I've used BetterHelp and it is so easy, and I loved my counselor I connected with. And even if I didn't, it would have been so easy and free to change counselors if I wanted. 
It's confidential, convenient, professional, and affordable. And financial aid is available. BetterHelp is not a crisis line or a self-help line. It is professional counseling done securely. And check this out. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. As an Art Curious listener, you're important to me. And so I want you to start living a happier life today. By visiting our sponsor, BetterHelp, you'll get 10% off your first month of counseling by visiting betterhelp.com artcurious. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. That's at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Art Curious. Welcome back to Art Curious. COVID, Brexit, environmental crises, last-minute schedule changes, and unpredictable freight costs. To work in art logistics, you've got to be able to roll with all of it. That's a given, to be sure. But there are more unexpected elements to the job, too. What would people who are unfamiliar with art logistics and shipping be surprised to hear about your job or about Queens in general? I think in terms of what would people be surprised to hear about, it would probably be the kind of clients that we deal with. It is very varied. So I know I mentioned at the start around working with galleries, and I think that comes as a given. But also, you often are working with some of the most unassuming people as well, which is sometimes quite surprising. I would use an example of this lady that we worked with not so long ago. So we were actually moving a variety of works for her. And she came to us with a few Picassos in her collection. And just to hear her story about you know, how she'd acquired those and how long she'd had them in her home. It's very much a personally driven industry and making connections with people and different, really interesting people on a day-to-day basis, I think is quite surprising because people think of logistics as something that is simply organizing a shipment from A to B. And that's not the case. It's definitely about building those personal relationships with clients and hearing their stories and really taking value in the works that they're transporting and, and understanding you're doing a huge job for them that often is a a process that they're quite nervous about. So I think people are often surprised to hear how important people are within the industry, or maybe it's just us, but we, we definitely try and build that relationship with our clients from the moment they say hello to us. I love that. So then talking about that personal element, how did you personally get involved in the industry? Is it something that you were always interested in? Did you have a background in art to begin with, for example? Mm -hmm. So I think that's a question that people ask me a lot. And it's always quite surprising because although most people in our company, in fact, I think almost everyone by myself has worked in the art industry for a very long time and have worked at galleries or or other logistics companies. That wasn't the case with me. I head up our marketing department here at um, Queen's and prior to working within fine art logistics, I actually worked in the marketing department for a global coffee brand. But I have always had an interest in art. And I think that stemmed from when I was younger, I used to go to galleries and exhibitions with one of my closest friends who then went on to study history of art. And she took me on her journey of educating herself about art. And I think the moment she did that, I was hooked. And I really wanted to start working in the industry because I was just fascinated. Learning about the backstory to pieces of art that you wouldn't see, I don't think, if you didn't appreciate what goes into creating every piece of art from the materials to where it's come from or even the artist story. But no, I didn't work in the art industry prior to working here, but I'm glad I now do. I definitely am. 
I always get asked if I am an artist working at an art museum Mm -hmm. or even just studying art history, and I am not, so I completely understand (laughs) that question. It's uh, I think people assume a lot of times that if you have an interest in art, it's because you have always been interested or you have that artistic experience or that inclination or that background. So I I completely understand. I think so. Everyone always seems to assume that you have come from an art background or or like you say, you've been interested in it from day one. And that's definitely not always the case. And I think sometimes that's for the better as well, because you're coming into it with a fresh set of eyes and you're looking at things slightly differently, which is no bad thing in my book. I love to hear stories about how people have found their way into the art world, which is very small and very fascinating and far more varied than some of us think. Thank you to James Quirk and everyone at Queens for sharing the details of their work and how they got involved in it. To hear more about Queens, please visit queensfineart.com. Are you someone working in art handling or art logistics? I want to know, so please tell me. I'm considering doing a couple of segments on Art Curious in the future that will highlight your stories, so please be in touch. Email me at jennifer at artcuriouspodcast.com so we can discuss it further. This bonus episode of Art Curious was produced, written, and edited by me, Jennifer Dassel. And our show, as always, is sponsored by AnchorLight. AnchorLight is a creative space founded with the intent of fostering artists, designers, and craftspeople at varying stages of their development. Home to artist studios, residency opportunities, and exhibition space, AnchorLight encourages mentorship and the cross-pollination of skills among creatives in the triangle. Please visit AnchorLightRaleigh.com. The Art Curious Podcast is also fiscally sponsored by VAE Raleigh, a 501c3 nonprofit creativity incubator, which means that you can donate tax-free to Art Curious to show your support. To find donation links and for more details about our show, please visit our website, artcuriouspodcast.com. Check back with us soon as we continue to explore the unexpected, the slightly odd, and the strangely wonderful in art history.